Welcome to Grace River Church, located in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Our mission is to see every generation experience the transforming power of God in every area of their lives. We hope you enjoy today's message. Amen. Write this down. Last week we were in Revelations, and the key there was, do you trust him? You know, you really can't, it's hard to talk about anything else if you don't trust the Word of God. He says, write this down, my word is trustworthy and true. Today I want us to look at the fact that there's a way. There is a way. Don't get ahead of me. But there's a way. You ever have what uh, some would call spiritual vertigo? Have you ever been sitting in a parking lot, or you drive into a parking lot? This actually happened to me yesterday. That's how I come up with my little stories. I drive around a lot. But actually, my wife was driving, and we were going to the store, and we pulled up, stopped, put the car in park, and about that moment, the car next to us started backing up. And when it started backing up, I thought we were continuing forward. In true confessions, the first thing I thought was women drivers. I need to be driving. We would not run into the car we're getting ready to run into. But really what I was having was whatever that's called. I know vertigo is something totally different, but that can throw you off. And things are happening that that you don't understand why they're happening. Um, We live in a culture that that's what's going on to a great extent. Things are happening and we just don't get it. Things are happening and we just don't understand it. Um, we, we, we hear things on the news that just don't make sense to us. And the world literally is moving. We think we're parked, and to a great extent we are. But, but you know what they say, that when you have that dizzy spell, or when you have that vertigo, or when you have those moments, here's what they say that you should try to do. Get yourself looking at something that doesn't move. So if you're somewhere and you find something moving and you find yourself out of place, we need to get our eyes on the things that never change. The things that don't move. The thing that we can rely on. But what's happened? I think in the world that we live in, and and I know that's a pretty general statement, but just hear me out for a second. I think the world that we live in, and it's even in the church, We've gotten to a place where if you really believe God's word, you're narrow-minded. I mean, come on. You really believe everything in God's word? And see, that has has crept into our theology to a great extent. And there really is, back in the 40s and the 50s, there was something called a, a grand or a spacious grace. A wide grace because they they thought if we had a wider grace we would be more appealing to the culture but the Bible doesn't even talk about it Jesus even said himself narrow is the gate wide is the path to destruction and my, my point here is this we, we find ourselves and maybe I should just speak for myself right we find ourselves sometimes wrestling with We don't want to be offensive to the culture. 
because we live in a culture that has decided, well, whatever you decide is solid. You look at that. I'll look at what I want to look at. If you think the Word of God is truth, you, you look to the Word of God. But I, I have my own truth. I have my own beliefs. I have my own. Sound familiar to anybody? Now, don't look around, but does it sound familiar even in the church? Oh, I love worshiping there. I believe almost everything he says. <clears throat> I love the Bible. I almost believe most of it. No, I'm not, I'm not picking. I'm just saying that's the culture that we live in. We, we fit right in right up until we read John chapter 14. And I want to read that. Let's just read it right now, actually. John chapter 14, starting at verse 1. He says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. And Thomas says, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Now listen, no one. You know what that means? No one comes to the Father but by him. Listen to what Peter says when he's preaching in Acts chapter 4. And there is salvation in no one else. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, why, why is this so difficult? Because we read this and we don't have a problem with it, right? <clears throat> right? We, we read this as, as church, and we say, well, of course, that's, that's foundation to what we believe. That's foundation to how we say we believe. And, and I'm just putting this out there. It's, it's not what you say, it's really how you live it. Do we live like Jesus is the way? Do we, do we talk? Do we act? Because this is why we have a hard time trying to explain our beliefs to people around us. Because in a world where anybody's truth is their own prerogative, let me, let me just talk to you about that for just a second. In 2016, the Oxford Dictionary, every year the Oxford Dictionary comes out with the word of the year. Comes out with their chosen word of the year. The chosen word for 2016 was this, post-truth. They try to choose a word that matches what's going on in the culture. The Oxford Dictionary's word for 2016, post-truth. Now why is that? Because we've gotten to the place where depending on your background, depending on what you believe, depending on your prerogative, you can believe what you believe. And we've always, we've worn this statement out. You believe what you want to believe, I'll believe what I want to believe. And let's just leave each other alone. The problem is we can't leave each other alone. Right? And there's two aspects to this because <laughs> this idea of post-truth, it says truth exists 
And we don't care that truth exists as long as it doesn't get in the way of our preferences. As long as, I believe there's truth as long as I can do what I want to do. There's another aspect of it that says, I don't like that truth at all, so I'll just create my own. We see this in politics a lot. Now, this isn't a political sermon this morning. But listen, back in the last election, um, we saw our media, we saw politics. Now, we see it all the time, but how many would at least give me a small amen that we saw it like never before in this last one? Okay. And in media, you can take one clip, and four different stations will come up with four different stories. Now, it's going to get tight for just a second. Whatever truth you wanted, you could find it. Whatever your version of the story, you could find it on some channel. Okay? And depending on what channel you wanted to live at, that's what your worldview became. And when your worldview becomes built on a lie, because here's what no channel was preaching Jesus Christ. And so depending on what worldview you have depends on what kind of truth you say exists. Now, and I, where I'm going with this is there is a way. Jesus makes a prolific statement that no other religion makes. <clears throat> uh, many will say that Christianity is exclusive. We don't want people to be in the kingdom, so we have all these rules. You ever hear that? So it's exclusive. Um, first of all, every religion is exclusive. Just name a religion, and it's got a list of rules that if you don't follow them, you don't get to be them. Okay? I don't care if it's Buddhist, Islam. You don't see, you don't see Muslims walking around, well, I decided to leave this part out of the Quran. I'm not making fun. They, they would be killed, right? Am I serious? <clears throat> but um, we're not exclusive. We're the most inclusive. Now, what do I mean by that? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. What he was saying is, if you, can, if you can get to him, you can get to the Father. Everybody's welcome. And I, I just want to show you that for just a second here. Because in Acts 4 that we just read, there's no salvation in anyone else, for there is no other name under heaven given among, among men, which they must be saved. There's only one way. And that rubs everybody. It's, it's a plan of the enemy to keep us separated and to keep stirring in the culture because we think somehow we've got to go to the culture and shove one way down people's throat. I'm, I'm really praying this morning that instead of you seeing this as shoving one way down people's throat, they'll see that there's a way. They'll see there's a way. Um because we make up our own ways and we already know I don't even have to go there you already know it's not working we have tons of ways that we try to relieve the stress relieve the pressure relieve the pain relieve the anxiety I don't know what the future holds I don't know what I'm going to do my life is turned upside down so we start answering it with what we think the answer is what I found though is that Jesus is not a religion <clears throat> because a religion is man's attempt to get to God. 
But see, Jesus Christ is God's attempt to get to us. God is sending us his son, Jesus Christ, to redeem, to save. And Christianity is very simple, guys. It's, it's inclusive. You don't have to earn your salvation. You just have to accept the relationship with Jesus Christ. He says, whoever. What about people, what about people who have never heard about Jesus Christ? Or what about the culture that we live in and people have just decided they don't believe in Jesus Christ? Um, I, I'm telling you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take miracles. But I still believe in miracles. I, I believe, and what kind of miracles am I? For, the first miracle is that we'll start sharing our faith. Because for a lot of us, that's going to take a miracle. Right? Um, there, there's, there's also the idea that, that you're not in ministry when you finally get to stand on stage. Because it's not about a stage. It's not, it, God has called every one of you to service. He wants you to serve where you are. He wants you to serve in the places he's positioned you. He wants you to serve around the people you're serving right now. And I know some of you are praying to get out of where you are right now. I'll guarantee you God will open another door quicker if you'll just do what you're supposed to do there now. Go ahead and just get everybody saved at work and God will move you right on. The boss will give you a promotion just to get you out of there. You know I'm right. But, so that's a miracle. Why? Because we think that the, the energy and someone receiving Christ or their eyes finally being opened comes from our abilities and our skills. We prepare the best we can, but you know where the power is? It's in the Word of God. The simple Word of God. His Word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. It transforms lives. And if we could just start walking it out. Now, I'm, I'm not staying there too long this morning, but I just want to encourage you. <clears throat> You're going to see powerful things when we understand that there's a way. There's a way. We don't have to haplessly hope that something works out. There's a way. So what does he say here? When, you, when we say we trust the Lord and we trust his word like we talked about last week, when you trust the word of God and we trust that there's a way, Jesus Christ, what, what, what has to happen for us to really believe this? Well, first of all, <clears throat> For him to even make these statements, I, I think it's important to look at the attributes of people. You always look at the attributes of who's writing this. Who gave these words? It was God. What are the attributes of God? Well, first of all, that, that word attribute in itself, uh, tribute. It's, it's a character. It's, it's the powerful things we appreciate about someone. It's the things that draw our attention to someone. And actually, we get the tri word tribe. The root word tribe is from attribute. Because it's the characteristics of a person or a people group. So what is the attributes of God that I want us to talk about this morning that draws us in to understand that there's a way? First of all, very simple, God is good. God is good. <clears throat> he tells us in Psalms 119.68 You are good and you do good In Psalms 86 For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving 
abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. Listen, there it is again. Your steadfast love is to all who call upon you. All. Everyone. Everyone. And then he says, um, it's forgiving. His love wants to forgive and bring peace to all. Not just a few, to all. Now, when I was a kid, okay, let me come up with a different illustration. That'll be too old. Um, my, my grandchildren, they've started playing hide and seek. They're not good at it, but they've, they've started. Um, we've all played hide and seek. But here's the thing about us and God. He never hides. We've been in the hiding business our whole life. Really started in the garden, right? When Adam and Eve fell, they hid themselves. Did, did Adam go looking for God? Nope. Did Eve say, somebody's got to do something. I'm going to go find God. No. But guess who was looking? God. Now, there's, there's something very important here. But before you ever thought about God, he was looking for you. Now, listen, this is all about there being a way. There's a way. And before you ever started thinking there's a problem in this world, before you might be here this morning and you have your own version of the truth, you're just sort of sitting here because you're nice and you're a kind person and you can't wait for the service to be over because you've got plans this afternoon. You don't agree with anything I'm saying right now. I do want you to hear this. God's still looking for you. And it's not how Christianity has been portrayed by many so he can put his thumb down on you because he just can't wait to punish you because you are miserable. Listen, um, there's worse people than you, believe me. I mean, you may have really messed up bad and you may have a bad viewpoint, but listen, there's worse people than you and God still loved the world. And, and he's looking, it's not that we're seeking God right now sometimes, as much as he's seeking us. Listen to what the word of God says. <clears throat> he says in Luke chapter 19, the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. God has revealed himself. One of the points I really want to drive home here is that, that there's a way, and not just to us through Jesus Christ, but the, the way that God has revealed himself, even in the Old Testament, we see it throughout. Because God has always planned for all of creation to be redeemed. Listen to what Psalms 98 says. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. Romans chapter 1. We're in a pretty significant study in Romans on Tuesday mornings with Dr. Bucci. <clears throat> Did we just wrap up chapter 8, Dr. Bucci? We just wrapped up chapter 7. Shows you how much I've been paying attention. <clears throat> we just wrapped up chapter 7, and we started Romans in January. Okay? So when I talk about the depth of God's Word, but yet the simplicity, I just want you to hear this for just a second. Listen, Romans... Chapter 1, I'm going to start reading at verse 18. I know it's not on the PowerPoint, forgive me. But not only has God revealed his goodness, but he's also revealed his wrath. 
For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness, all ungodliness, who, who by unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain, because God has shown it to them. Now listen, God has revealed it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. Let that sink in a minute. God has not been hiding anywhere. From the creation of the world, he has been clearly perceived. People know. People, we all know people have said, I don't believe in God. Listen, you don't have to raise your hands on this one, but there's probably not anyone here who at some point in your walk has thought, God, if you're real. But, but I promise you, he reveals himself because he desires, he's a good God. He desires to reveal himself to us. In Acts, Cornelius was, had, no, had no Bible, had no relationship with Christians, didn't know anything about Peter, didn't know anything about potentially Paul. He's just praying. God reveals himself to him. And Cornelius is shown by God that somebody's coming. And while God reveals himself to Cornelius, God's also having a conversation with Peter. And we know that, and I'm not going to stay here long. You know the story. Peter goes to Cornelius, and he and his whole family are led to the Lord, and they're baptized that day. Now, what am I saying? God still reveals himself to people. The missionary by the name of Ben Staggs. And I've just been reading through some of this over the last several weeks. <clears throat> to be quite honest with you, most of our conversations when it comes to Islam or Muslims are trying to protect ourselves and watch out for an attack. One of the greatest revivals in the world right now is happening, happening in Islam. African nations, anywhere Muslims are, are predominant, God is, is doing a miracle. And there are more salvations taking place now in Islam than in the last 1,400 years of Islam. How? Because God's revealing himself. Uh, missionary by the name of Ben Staggs <clears throat> went to Bashu in Ethiopia and as he arrived there he was met by a gentleman named Golan Cook and he sat down and he just began to just share stories he he knew that if he just pulled out a Bible they, they might you know what are you doing so he just began sharing stories and as soon as he mentioned the God word Golan interrupted him and said, stop, please. And, and Ben said he thought he had offended him and he was already in trouble. But here's what Golan said. He said, a man appeared to me and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And I gave my, all of my blood I gave to you. Now in this man's mind, all he saw was somebody giving his blood and just covering him in blood. He didn't understand. But then this man told him, in five days someone will come and tell you. Now Ben Stagg says, man, that's incredible. How long ago did this happen? Five days ago. 
Now, that may not do a whole lot for you, but I'm telling you, God still reveals himself. <clears throat> a family escaping Islam terror from Turkey. They were coming to Athens on a boat, heavily saturated with people, people hanging off the sides, and a family lost their daughter. And as they vigorously in the dark looked for their daughter, suddenly on the side of the boat, someone grabbed her and put her back in the boat. And her family said, where, where, what happened? A man walked me back to the boat. Now they immediately scoffed her and mocked her. Everybody on the boat, boat just sort of thought the family was pulling a little prank. When they got to Lokos, a little island right outside of Athens, um, many believers are there that meet people when they're coming over to the refugees camps because this was only a few years ago. This wasn't like 100 years ago. They met them there around a the fire just to help give them food, warmth, until they can move them to the next transition station. And the man sat down, knowing that they had just gotten off a ship as a believer, and he was trying to open up with basic conversation, not even be evangelistic. And he said, hey, you guys have a good time on the water? You ever hear about the story of a God who walked on the water? And the entire family began to weep because their daughter just had that experience. And they said, wait a minute, is that a real story? Is that a real thing? Um, see, one story after the other. God is revealing himself. Don't tell me God can't speak to a young college student or someone at work who's decided, I don't believe there's a God. God's turning, God's turning militant Islamic individuals into preachers. <clears throat> um, there was an interview done with Ravi Zachariah. And he told the story about a young man that he had met. It was in a country that was 99% Muslim. And as he was talking with this young man, this young man told him that he had dreams about Jesus over a period of seven years. Sounds like a lot. But they say in Islam, they have dreams and visions all the time, but they're just afraid to talk about it. This young man went to his mother. You may, you may have heard the story. This young man went to his mother, and I mean, he was a man, but he went to his mother and said, Mom, I'm having dreams, and I think it's Jesus. His brother was a general in the military. His other brother also was in ISIS. And his mother said, get out of here. If your brothers hear this, they'll kill you. You've got to leave. So he left. And when he left, um, he went to seminary. He had no idea what a seminary was. He just wanted to go somewhere where they were teaching people about Jesus Christ and how to do it. So he was saved, went to seminary, and he was, he was trained to do two things. Kill with no feelings, whatever that means. Kill with no feelings and make fake passports. Make fake passports. So when he was talking with Rabbi Zechariah, he said, um, I, I ran because I knew my brothers would kill me, but I've been powerfully saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, and I'm, I'm in my second year of seminary, and I can't wait because when I finish, I'm going back to my home nation to preach the gospel. And Rabbi said, how are you going to get back? I make fake passports.
Now, now listen. Don't tell me that God's still not revealing himself to people. As a matter of fact, you may know someone right now that, that you've been praying for. Maybe instead of praying for them to straighten up, maybe God, please show up. Maybe instead of, instead of praying, God, make them miserable. It, be honest, you ever pray that prayer? I have. Okay, for you. I have for you. All right, I, I'm going to stop today. Today's my stop. Because we all know, we all know what it means for the Holy Spirit to make us miserable. Call that conviction. We all know that feeling, right? Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. Everyone. Whosoever will. And God loves people so much that even right now, he'll show up in a dream. Here's another way he'll show up, and I'll move on quickly. He'll show up in a dream. Or listen, he'll even show up in a conversation that, that you might be the one doing the talking. And can I just get real for a second? Next time you go out to coffee, don't talk about people. Don't talk about, you know, my life stinks. Then just be quiet. Get the gift of silence. On the other hand, what if you uh, said, hey, I've been reading a great book lately, and it's about how people, even when things are going tough, you can make it. Or I've, I've been reading, or I go to this church, or I do this, or I do that. You don't have to become the preacher. Just become positive. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Know that there is a way to the Father, and you've experienced him, and he's given you gifts and abilities. And instead of just talking, maybe it could be that the miracle is God shows up in your conversation. God shows up in, in how you do business. God shows up in how you treat people. It's amazing what, what God can do with our simple faith and trust in him because God does still reveal himself. But number two, God is just. God is good, but God is just. Now, some of you are expecting me to throw down with a judgment day right here. But here's the thing about a judgment day. You don't have to worry if you've followed the way. So here's, here's, what, here's what him being a just God even means. Um, the psalmist tells us that he is a just He's a just and a righteous God. And there is going to be a judgment. But here's what we mean about him being a just God. <clears throat> he has made a way for you. He's not going to hold court without giving you a chance. He's not going to hold court and find you guilty when you know as well as I do we'd all be found guilty. But, but instead, he has determined that not only has he revealed himself to you. Now listen, we, we're not going to play hide and seek anymore. We're going to have another little chapter to that. Now, when we seek him, we can find him. Not only is he still revealing himself to us, he wants you to know that when you seek him, you'll find him. You'll find him. Here's what the word of God says in regards to finding him. Jeremiah 29. This is a very familiar passage. All of you probably have heard some portion of this passage, but I want to just set this up very quickly. The, the children of Israel are now in bondage. They've been taken over by Babylon. They're praying for deliverance. Because here's how this works in our lives. We do things our way because we don't think we need God anymore. 
or we don't think we need to follow God anymore, or we got this on our own. Don't raise your hands on this one, but we all know what that feels like, right? I got this now. And what happens is when you turn from God, you are going to turn to an idol. Now, that just simply means you're going to put something first in your life. And God's already told you who will be first. He will have no other gods before him. And, and so they're in Babylon because they have disobeyed God. They deserve every bit of it. As a matter of fact, there's aspects of it that God allows the enemy to overtake them just so we can get them to stand still. Sometimes God just tries to get us to stand still long enough to hear him. Now, I know none of you experience this. I do. Once I get stood still, I learn how to pray again real quick. It's amazing. I, I don't pray for weeks. I don't pray. He's our pastor. I'm just making this up as I go. I may not pray for weeks. If you can relate, just relate. I haven't prayed for months. Don't read my Bible anymore. And you wonder why you fall. But as soon as you fall, that prayer language kicks right back in, doesn't it? To all my Pentecostals out there. That prayer language kicks right back. You kick right back in. It like, you, like a soap opera, like you never fell off. But here's your prayer now. Deliver me, Lord. Now in this passage, there was a bunch of prophets running around. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And that was false prophecy. Because Jeremiah steps up and just lovingly says, get comfortable. Because you're going to be here for a while. But this is what he says. The word of the Lord says, I know the plans I have for you. Declares the Lord plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Wait a minute, Pastor. They're in bondage. That, that's why even in today's culture, wherever God has you, it's not get comfortable and get satisfied in sin. It's pursue. When you seek him, you will find him. And he may have you there for a purpose, but he's got plans for you. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. That's the, that's the when you get in a tough spot, we sort of learn how to call again. But he says, I'll hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I'm going to read. Can I read that again? You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Just seek God. Just seek him. Not even the answer to what you think the prayer is. Seek him. Not, not for the amount of money you think you need. Not for the healing you think you need. I know I'm going to get some theology right now. But... But don't even seek your theology. Seek him. You will, he doesn't say you will find your theology when you seek your theology. He doesn't say you will find your healing when you seek your healing. He said, but when you seek me, you will find me. Seek me. He says, seek me and you will find me. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Deuteronomy 4.29 says, You will seek the Lord your God and you will find him. <laughs> if you search with him after, search after him with all of your heart, 
in your soul. Proverbs 8. I love those who love me, the Lord says, and those who seek me diligently find me. Acts chapter 17. Paul is preaching and he says, and he made from one man, Jesus. Every nation, mankind to live on all the face of the earth having determined and allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling places. In other words, where they're going to be, where they're going to live. God's allotted all that. You're not here by accident. Listen, there's billions of people in the world, but he knew where you were going to be this morning. But he says, when you seek me, you'll find me. He's seeking us. If we seek him, we'll find him. He said, there, there should be a God who is sought and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each of us. He's saying the boundaries of their dwelling places, God knows where you are, God knows, maybe even knows the mess you're in. But he's still saying, can we talk? Because there's a way. Can we talk? You know, God, God never has, even as the judge. Again, there'll be a judgment day, but you know what? I'm not even pushing that. I, I've told you this before. When I was a kid, I got saved every Sunday, if you push that. You know, every Sunday at my church, it's like a bank robbery. Every Hands up, everybody got saved. Because they, they just reminded us of how bad they were. We're, gonna go, we're going straight to hell. They turned the heat up, and everybody got saved. Now, <clears throat> I say that because sometimes when we get saved in those moments, it's not real. It's just escape. And as soon as we get back in the air conditioning, we go back to our old ways. But see, the kind of relationship God wants is, uh, like the old song says, I once was lost in sin. But Jesus took me in. Then a little light from heaven filled my soul. In other words, transformation started taking place. See, I'm, I'm not the man I, I'm not the man I, I'm going to be 10 years from now, but I'm not the man I used to be. I, I'm not even the man I was five years ago. But I promise you, five years from now, you're going to see a greater man because greater is he that is in me. He who began a good work in us will continue that work. But it's up to me to continue to seek him. I just want to challenge you this morning. If, if you're hurting, if you're struggling with something, would you seek him? Stop trying all the other stuff and just pursue him. Stop. Well, Pastor, I, I've been trying. I, I've been trying to follow Jesus. Nothing seems to be working. You're hanging around the wrong people. Get around people who know how to know how to get into the Word even when they don't feel like getting into the Word. Pastor, that sounds pretty rude. You're hanging, you're hanging around the wrong people. Get in a Bible study. I talked to people this last week and they, they came in and wanted to have a... I'm always open to this. Please don't take this the wrong way. But typically when people want to come meet with me, 
like the third week of their visit to the church. They're trying to throw down their rules, of their expectations. And I'm a good listener. So we, we met this last week, and they're wonderful people, but they just have all their stipulations of what church should be and how church should this, 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 and this. But we don't believe in, have, in needing to commit to the local church. I said, well, that's good. That works out for me because nothing you just said is going to happen anyway. So we're not committed to each other. That works pretty well. Now, do I really, do, and most of you know me, do you really think that we would turn people away? No, I, I spent another half hour trying to convince him of the commitment necessary that there's nowhere in the Bible that it says sign the dotted line to be a part of Grace River. But you're going to be committed somewhere. Why? Because there needs to be a pastor um, not getting in your business, but getting in your business. Why aren't you in a grace group? I'm not here to lord over you, but man, how's your marriage? I'm not, I'm not here to be your boss, but what's God, what's God speaking to you? Or have you heard his voice in a while? Because I know for a fact that if you seek him, you will find him. And every time we have a conversation, you're like, man, I'm just getting beat up by this, and I hate this. Well, when's the last time you stood still long enough to seek him? Because he's looking for you. Last point, very quickly. God is love. God is good. God is just. And God is love. <clears throat> There's three, three words <coughs> in closing very quickly. Because you all know the scripture, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whoever. Whoever. Anyone. <clears throat> Usually when we talk about words, we're, we're using them to do one of three different things. You don't say this when you're using the words. You don't think this, but this is how we do it. We use a word like love to describe it in a certain way. A singular way. Univocal way. And so when we, for instance, if I say, um, Corey, I love you, and my wife Diane loves you, we're saying we love Corey. And everybody knows what we mean, right? <clears throat> That's, but uh, equivocal means I'm using the same word, but it can mean something a little different. So now, if I say, I love you, but I love my wife, Diane. You know the difference there, right? When Barry kicks in, you, you know. Okay, my point is, when, when I say I love you, we both can say I love you to Corey, and we mean something. But then if I say I love you, but I love my wife, Diane, there's something different there. It's not the same. But then there's, there's ways we use words for, for using them in analogies. And it, even though I cannot really, I can't, I wrestle with this all week. I can't describe God's love to you. It's indescribable. 
I don't, I don't know why he loves me. I can't, I can't understand it. If I was God, we'd all be dead. Right? But here, here's, how, here's how I think I can come close. Um, if, if I say, Marty, I love you, but Marty rejects my love. He says, who cares, man? I, I don't want to be here anymore. See, the reason I'm hurt is because I feel the pain and I feel rejected. In other words, I feel the loss. But, but when God says, I love you, and you reject the love, God feels the pain, but not because he lost, but you lose. See, listen, God doesn't send anybody to hell. He's made us all powerfully gifted with free will. You had a choice this morning when you got out of bed. That was your first major choice this morning. Get out of bed. Uh, you have a choice. When you leave here today, you're going to be making choices all day long. Because God has given you free will. Now, I know theologically I'm on toes already. But the theologically, I believe that you have to choose. See, if God's going to judge you for something... That, that means you at least have to have made a choice for something. And so, if, if you're making that choice, it's not that God hurts because you've let him down. He hurts because you've let yourself down. I, I know when we look at the word of God, uh, two different times, Jesus, Emily, if you'll please come. Praise team, if you'll just wait one second, but if Emily will come. <clears throat> If somebody comes, that means I'm quitting, right? But Jesus wept two times in the Word. Very familiar was when Lazarus died. Now, we confuse that sometimes because Jesus did not weep because Lazarus died. He is the resurrection. He knew what was getting ready to happen. He started to weep when Mary and Martha approached him and they saw their pain. And Jesus wept because he knew that without hope, we all have that pain. But he also wept when he went to Jerusalem for the last time. And he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, oh, how I would have gathered you together like a hen gathers its chicks. But you rejected me. He wasn't upset because they rejected he, he never has said, you rejected me. No, it's, don't you understand that I've provided the way? <clears throat> we shouldn't really be excited about Jesus being the only way. That's where we get caught up sometimes. We want to fight with people about, no, he's the way. That's not the way, he's the way. No, what if, what if we just started living like there's only one way? Jesus Christ I see a day when people start asking us and, and listen I'm, I, I can't go into it this morning and I, I'm not a doom and gloom preacher but I study church history America's not in a good place right now 
if America continues like every nation that has walked this path, um, it'll be a godless nation. Churches will be museums. God will be an afterthought. Now, will he disappear? No, God created it. He's not going anywhere. He's looking for a people who will seek him. And just like in Islam now, and just like in China now, there are underground churches. Do you know, and I almost shared this a few weeks ago, when many in the Chinese underground church, when they worship, they sit on their hands. Why? Because if you're caught worshiping, it could cost you dearly. And they sit on their hands because when they worship, they worship. I don't know if you know many Asian people. We're blessed with some that are here this morning. But when, whenever I've been to Asian services, they, they listen, they make African-American folk look a little slow. But, but listen, they make the white folk look like the museum. Because they worship. I mean, they're... They're into it. Everything they have, they're praising their... So they, have, they literally sit on their hands to worship. And I'm not trying to be silly. I'm just saying, America, we're so comfortable. We don't have to seek for anything. Even if we have a problem, we think we have an answer. But the time is coming quickly when if... If we're not careful, we're going to find ourselves having to live in situations where we're hiding out so just so we can worship. But here's, here's my point. If we have to go that direction, this generation will not have the guts to worship. We think we will. But we won't have the determination because we won't even seek him now. Do you think for one minute if, if Islam, and not, this is not scare tactics, guys. Anybody with me? I'm talking this morning. This is not scare tactics. This is the for real deal. If we don't turn our hearts to Christ, there's no other way. And this isn't just like trying to get big churches on every corner. We've got big churches on every corner. And our culture believes everything coming its way. Here's what, I'm, here's what I'm thinking. Lord, I want people to know about Jesus because he's the way. Help me live it. So I want us to pray. As a matter of fact, if you'll bow your heads, praise team's going to come. If you'll bow your heads, please just bow your heads for a moment. I'm, I'm going to be finished here in, in just a few minutes. Maybe you're here this morning. Honestly, and anything has just resonated in your spirit. I've been praying for the Holy Spirit just to speak to us and open eyes, open hearts, ears to hear. Maybe you've been depending on your own skills and your own feelings. You might have even determined, you know what, what I'm doing and how I do things, that's my business. And, and, you know, I'm going to live the way I want to live, and everybody else can live. That, that's going to work wonderful right up until you see Jesus. Right up until he shows up in a sermon or shows up in a dream or shows up. He's looking for you. 
What would it look like if if you started to seek him today? I think some have come here this morning even thinking I've given up. You know, I'll, I'll go, but I just don't know if I can do this anymore. I want to assure you, if you seek him, you will find him. Because he loves you so much that he made a way. Now again, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you know you need to get back to Jesus, if you know you need to get to Jesus, if you need to make him, not listen, not just make him a, a, a safe trip out of hell back to heaven, but Lord and Savior, to turn your life around, to turn your family around, to turn your, whatever it is, repent and run to him if you need him this morning. Would you just raise your hand? Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And listen, don't, eyes closed, don't be ashamed of this. Don't be ashamed. Now let's all stand together. I want you to do something with me this morning. I'm just going to pray. And if, if you want to do it silently to yourself, that's fine. But I, I want you to just repeat after me if you would. All of us together. But if, if you raise your hand this morning, we have many that raise their hand. I just want you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. I know that you sent your son to me. I give my life to you. Help me to follow you in every area of my life. Th those areas that I've kept to the side, I surrender them to you. Those areas that I've been hiding, you have found me. I give it to you. Lord, use my life. Turn my life around. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I, I want to encourage you this morning. Pastor Corey's going to come in just a moment, and we're going to sing. But I'd like for some of the prayer team to come forward. Um, before Pastor Corey comes, I just want us to sing this song for just a moment. Because here, here's what I want us to do. If you need special prayer, I just want you to come. We're going to be dismissed in just a moment. But if you need special prayer, I just want you to come. But if you're here this morning and you were one of the ones that raised your hand, I want to challenge you, confess him. Confess him. Now, you don't have to tell everybody around you right now, but even if it's just bold as stepping out and coming down and telling someone down here, I accepted Christ. I rededicated my life. I, I put my life back in his hands. I'm going to be that new creation. I want you to come. I just want, well, Pastor, I, I don't want people to think, here's the first step in this new journey. Stop caring about what people think. Amen. Just stop. Um, follow after Christ. Seek Him. But I also want to encourage you, if you're wrestling with decisions, if you're, I hope I'm making sense this morning. If you're wrestling with making some decisions, if you're wrestling with things in your own life, do not run away. Do not hide. Do not just hope people don't find out or, or you'll take care of it on your own. I, I want you to get with somebody either in the church or somebody you know and pursue Jesus. When you seek him, you will find him.
Amen. Let's sing. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you want to hear more, you can find our entire archive on our website at graceriverva.com. Also, if this message has touched you in any way, we would love to connect with you. Do this by filling out a connection card at graceriverva.com connect. From all of us at Grace River Church, have a blessed day.